everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is Season 6, Episode 5, kind of all of them, that's 244 episodes. I'm Craig. My name is Britt. Britt, we're back for another week. We have survived the rankings. There it is. I, I just think. opened a beer. Nice. You know, not only did we survive the rankings, but our poor contributors survived the rankings. And we didn't scare them away. They, they're not infirmed. They're back here with us. Ladies and gentlemen of the world, please welcome back the Cinch and Sean. Hey, I'm not poor. I'm not a poor contributor. I went to the casino today and I won. Really? Oh, he did. I did. I won big wampum. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pause on the casino conversation for one second. I want to I want to do drinks first because my burning hot take has to do with casino, and I want to. This will be a great segue for you to talk about the casino. So, let's start where we always start. Craig, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, so tonight I have a local beer from Aspatuck Brew Lab. This is a new uh, part of their beer, Phoenix Beer Project. This is a Ooh. cherry wheat ale. Okay, I can tell you right now, Christy loved that beer. Oh, she did? Good. Yeah. Right now. I loved it. Okay, well, he's pouring that. Cinch, what are you drinking tonight? I have from Adirondack Brewery, Lake George IPA Wave 19. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so am I, because I opened it up and I tried it. Oh. And? I, I mean, to me, it kind of tastes like... Beer. I, it tastes like Peel's beer, like metal. Uh, it's not good. Okay. Sad. So, before we jump to Sean really quick, I gave Cinch a can of this beer because I didn't like it. <laughs> and it wasn't that I gave him... I didn't give it to him because I didn't like it and I wanted to get rid of it. I gave it to him because I didn't like it and I needed to know it wasn't just me. <laughs> and I didn't tell him that until today. So, thank you for validating my dislike. Sean, what um, are you thank drinking? Thank you for the piss water beer. Wow. Yes, wow. Sorry. I'll, well, there, I'll, goes, I'll, there goes that sponsorship. <laughs> I, will, I will get him something better after this anyway. So, all right, Sean, what are you drinking? I am drinking Critical Mass by Oyster Creek Brewing, courtesy of uh, Cinch right there, who brought it back for us. That's the uh, one I had last week, the one that was almost like brownish in color. Yes. All right, did you pour it in a glass? I did. It, am I wrong? Isn't it almost like this bizarre, like, dank, like, sucks the light out of the room brown? Brownish, tan, kind of orangey kind of look to it right? yeah. it's like it's like it's like in between like six different colors <laughs> but do you it's like it? it i do i do it's very good yeah i, I like that one too that was good drinking ipa yeah it is a good drinking ipa that, which is how cinch sold it to us too so i have a road to ruin why because it's it just feels like a road to ruin kind of day so <laughs> um before we get to burning hot takes we are uh sponsored tonight Oh. So we have to give a shout out to our sponsor. Um, we are being sponsored tonight by a dear friend of the podcast, which is the Howard Moon stream on Twitch. He is celebrating his second stream anniversary this weekend. Really? And he wow. that's correct. And to celebrate Friday night, he wants our listeners to know Friday night you can catch me and Craig on the Howard Moon stream. We are going to do a watch party of the epic failure of a movie, Your Hunter from the Future. Classic. Classic failure of a movie. 
So if you're interested, go to twitch.com and look up Howard Moon BG, all one word, no underscore, no spaces. Twitch.com, Howard Moon BG, Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can watch you can watch the your Hunter from the Future with me and Craig. Sean, you have seen your Hunter from the Future before, correct? I have. And would you would, have you seen a worse movie? Oh, a worse movie. Uh, probably not. There you go. Since <laughs> since what is uh, really quick before we get to burning hot takes. Since what's the worst movie you ever saw in a movie theater? Like just like wow, what the hell? In just a movie happened? theater, it has to be in a theater. We never saw you. I got a good one if it wasn't a movie theater. All right, uh, then I'll take that off the plate. I'll take that off the off the table. It doesn't have to be in a theater because we didn't see you in the theater either. So what's the worst movie I've ever seen? There you go. The the home movie of my first wedding. Wow. Yeah. Ba-dum-bum-tsh. I've I've got one. The worst movie I've seen in a theater. Worse than your? Well, I've not, I didn't see that in a theater. Okay, so what do you got? Lou Ferrigno, Hercules. Wow. Was that a Hercules movie? Yes, he wow. has. Wow. Mine was it probably was Barbed really Wire. Well, seeing as we're going, let's go around the horn then. <laughs> Craig, worst movie you ever saw in a theater? Uh, barbed Wire. Wow. <laughs> wow. For me, for me, the, the first one that pops in my mind, I'm sure if I thought about it longer, this was just spontaneous. If I thought about this longer, I'm sure it would come with something better. It would have to be the Warcraft movie. See, I enjoyed enjoyed it because I I knew it was going to be bad, so I went in there with low expectations. Yeah, Craig just went in there to be entertained. If it had been if it had been dancing orcs for an hour and a half, he would have been fine. (laughs) Um, I I went in there, and if you haven't seen it, it opens like this huge dramatic fashion. Here comes the horde, and it just goes completely off the rails. It would be like if Star Wars started with the Death Star exploding. You know, you're like okay. So this is going to get better from here, right? That's wow. That's a great open. No, no. So, <laughs> all right. Burning hot takes, and I'm going first because I have another side topic I want to address. Um, and because Cinch, Cinch mentioned going to the casino today, and he sent us a picture at the casino, and I just thought to myself, I want to talk about casino gaming because I have not been to a casino in forever. Uh, so here is my question for the group. It's a two-part question. One. When you go to the casino, what is your favorite game to play? But part two is, and if it's if it's the same game, it's okay. What is your favorite game to play? But also, what is the game that you tend to win money on more frequently? What's your best game, your favorite to play, but then your best to win? Sean, let's start with you. Um, recently, my, my favorite game to play at this casino has been three-card poker. Hmm. Um, that's a change. Good, yeah. The one I've won the most at though has got to be Let It Ride. Let It Ride. The um, cooler. The cooler. And the one that I actually had the most fun with is a game that you don't see anymore. It was I, and Britt, you know what it is? Catch uh, a wave. Catch a wave. Oh my god, that was it was card sharks in a casino. It oh, was nice. <laughs> it was literally you had an L and an H in front of you. You put your five bucks up. And he would flip one card in front of you. And you would have to point at the L or the H or wave your hands like you are going to stay. And you either had to get more cards in a row correct than the dealer did, or you had to get seven in a row. And we would go with the source. And the source would sit next to us and do the Jim Perry impression from the old Card Shark show. 
Like, I'd get a two in front of me. Well, you get a two in front of me, you're going to tap the H. The next number's got to be higher. And I would quietly hear from next to me, higher than the two? <laughs> and I'd be like, Adam, everything's higher than a two. It's inherently impossible for me to lose here. I can tie. And tie well, unless you be... had a two, you would lose. Well, actually, in that game, you just pushed. You couldn't take any more. You pushed and you couldn't take oh, any more. That was okay. it. If you got a pair, that was it. You were done. Um, but he, it's inherently impossible for me to lose. So anyway, but yeah, that was a good one. Since, so tell me, fa- uh, favorite game to play, but also what game do you tend to win at more often than not? I like to play craps, but I'm not a gambler. So I don't go with hundreds of dollars. You know, I like to play craps. Today I was at the casino. I did not play craps. Ooh. I was I was with my daughter. We sat down at a couple of slot machines. My daughter won, cashed out. So I said, okay. And I sat down where she was. And then I won like five times, six times what she won. Wow. And I said, all right, let's get out of here. I'm sure she was very upset about that. <laughs> she was still trying to text somebody to say, hey, I won. <laughs> <laughs> so here perhaps, I have my biggest my biggest like pet a... peeve. Oh, hold on real quick. Go my biggest it. pet peeve with slot machines. I cannot stand when you sit down to a slot machine, you put your money in, you hit the spin button and stuff happens. It spins, it stops, and you still have no idea what the hell just happened. Did I yep. win? How do you win? I won. You have to bet today, on every I line. <laughs> Let me tell you real quick. I mm-hmm. hit the spin button today, and the screen went from being a slot machine screen to like a TV. It was a Mad Max machine. And all oh, of a Jesus. sudden, it was like a TV, and it was like part of the movie, and the screen almost looked like it was moving. It was showing different scenes and the, the car driving. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it had like a rumbling noise and then it turned into the spinner and, you know, bing, bing, bing. And it's like, I don't even know how I won. What did I, I didn't yep. even do anything. So that's can, my biggest pet peeve with slot machines. So before we throw it to Craig, can I, can I add on to that? I can remember clearly, I was about 25 years old. The source was 23. And we were at the, the casino by ourselves. And he found this game called the Big Bang Piggy Bank game. And he just thought it was cute that it had piggy banks on it. He gets three piggy banks in a row, and he's like, that's got to pay something, right? And the machine doesn't do anything. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that, that kind of sucks. I thought for sure I won something. So he hits the spin button, and nothing happens. It's still not saying anything under win. It's not saying, like, hand pay. No lights are going off. He taps the button, and he goes, great, I freaking broke it. Meanwhile, at the screen at the top, there's a mini game playing. And he's won like 175 bucks on a quarter spin. <laughs> and the reason nothing's moving is because the freaking machine is like, dude, look up. Dude, look up. And we're both sitting there and he's like, this sucks. I lost like 40 bucks on this. Meanwhile, he's right, up like let's... 250 bucks. Finally, I just happened to look up and I'm like, the screen's doing something. And he looks up and he goes, oh, well, the screen finally stops. And it's like, you won 250 bucks. And all of a sudden the thing goes, win 250 bucks. And he goes, is it done? And I'm like, I think so. And he hits spin like cautiously. Like, you know when you're not sure something's going to work and you move really slow, you move your hands slowly and you push this, this, the button gently just because you're not sure what's going to happen? He pushes it and it starts spinning again. And then he goes, I don't want to play this anymore. I want 250 bucks. And he hits cash out and we left. But like there was like a three minute period. He was like, this sucks. <laughs> Craig, what do you got? What do you like to play at the casino? What are you good at playing? Um, so this is going to sound 
cheap to some people probably, but it's really convenient. <clears throat> I sit at a bar a lot and just get free drinks and play video poker. Video poker. Because <laughs> why not? Um, game that I do enjoy playing uh, is roulette. Nice. I've been very lucky with roulette at times. So to answer my own question, the game I'm good at is craps. And no, I don't, I'm not put, I'm putting it on the on the bet around the horn. Uh, play it as any any double, any trick. No, none of that. I don't do any of that. I play straight numbers. I play the bar. Sometimes I'll but, play the field. What's that? That's that's where you win the big money. That's exactly. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. I don't I don't care if I get one. I don't care if I get snake eyes. I'm not playing a snake eye bet. I play the basic bets. I just. Let's say you step up to the table and you roll an eight. It behooves you to bet the hard eight because you're going to get like six to one odds. Yes. But okay. I don't do it. I don't do it. Okay. I would rather, I would, re- if I roll an eight, I back my line bet because I'm more likely to roll a random eight and get two to one on that than I am to roll a hard eight and get six to one on that. So that's just no, the way I look at you it. No, but you could do both. You know, that's you, a you, lot of money, Cinch. I don't make your, that much money. No, no, no. You, you put your money down to, to pass to win. You roll right. an eight. Okay, they give you the dice back. Before you roll again, you put money down on the hard eight. So now if you money, get the four and the four, you're going to win six pass. to one on that and two to one on the. Okay. I'd rather back the pass. Okay. I, it's just, it's just, it's, just, it's an, I'm a much more calculated player in that way. Yes, you're right. That's where the, if you're looking to make money, at, I'm not looking to make huge amounts of money in craps. So that's what I'm best at. What is um, the most fun for me? Oh, I'd have to say my dark mistress, which dark mistress, which is blackjack. I'm I'm terrible at it, but I love it. I can do the odds in my head, and I'm still always wrong, but I love doing it. So, all right, that's my burning hot take. Craig, what do you got for us tonight? Wow. Okay, so for mine, and I know we've talked about this person a lot the last couple of weeks, <clears throat> but uh, Deshaun Watson is starting this week against the Jaguars. Oh Jesus! Does it make any sense? common sense or sense at all in the universe for the Browns to do this? Like, what's the point? Uh, let me go first. I'm just going to say it does because they know he's going to have to sit. So they're trying to get him out there. So if he doesn't have to sit the whole year, he's got at least a few reps. That's my point of view on it. Cinch? Well, I think they have to, have to start him and play him because he hasn't played in Over a, year? a year and a half now. I mean, I know yeah. he didn't play all of last year. And I think it was six, you know, half of the, the previous year. So just to get as much rust off of them as they can, they have to play. Don? Yeah, that's where I'm going to go with this. You, you got to play them. I mean, obviously, they're not going to throw them out there for, you know, whole games for the preseason until, you know, a decision is made. But they'll, they'll put them out there, you know, like they do every other quarter, you know, starting quarterback and, and uh, get his reps in. Greg, answer your own question. I just think I don't think it makes sense, and I think the Browns are a dumpster fire. The end. <laughs> That's all of those points are fair. <laughs> Since let's go to you. What's your burning hot take question for us tonight? Okay, so preseason games start this week. Oh. With the 49ers having an upcoming game, they had to list their depth chart, and they had Garoppolo as fourth on the depth chart. <laughs> what are they doing? Obviously, they're going to trade the guy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, do you want to get anything? Do you want to get a conditional seventh-round pick? They should list him as one or two. 
and then say if they don't want to play him because they don't want him to get hurt or he's not ready to play yet, just, you know, we're going to hold him out. It's the first game, whatever. You put him as fourth, you say there's no chance any opportunity they get. They say there's no chance he's playing this year. They're not going to get anything for him. Who's the idiot running things there? Come on. So is the, question, is the question, why is Garoppolo fourth, or who is the idiot running things there? Well, I know who the idiot is. I guess my question is, what are they doing? Why would they do this? So I'll jump in first. Um, why is because they want to signal to the entire league that they are serious about moving him. You're right. It devalues him. But at this point, they've, they've done everything but put him in the parking lot with a sign that says free. <laughs> so I don't know how much more we can devalue him in general. I think this is their way of, of saying to him, to his agent, and to the league, we're done with you, and we are going to take the first offer. Send me a case of like dill pickle Lay's potato chips, and you can have Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. So, yeah, I, I really think they're just to the point where they're just like, you know what, we're done dealing with this. We are going to go bargain basement. And I, I think that's their move. And I think it's a bad move because I don't know about you, but I've known a lot of quarterbacks who have gotten hurt. And actually, I had a, a conversation with my father-in-law yesterday. He's a Buffalo Bills fan. And he is very excited for this season. But you know what he says to me? He says to me, everything is going to be great as long as Josh Allen doesn't get hurt. <laughs> that's a big if. Well, that's yeah. it. And that's an if for every quarterback, right? And that's that's his his mind. This team wins fifteen games with him, or two games without him, and it's a difference between a Super Bowl run and mediocrity. So, I get that the Niners want to move on. It's a mistake listening before. It's a total PR move. Sean, what do you think about the Garoppolo at four? Is this is this stupid by the Niners? Uh, I think preseason depth charts are um, stupid to begin with. Um, they, they don't really reflect what's going on. They're just there. Um, yes, they're going to trade him. They're, they want to get rid of him. But if you look, I mean, in official depth charts of the team, not maybe if you look on ESPN, blah, 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 they might have different ones. But if you look at official depth charts of teams that came out recently, um, like players that, especially like the running backs, there's, there's, I think I, I'm pretty sure it was like Tyler Algier, who's on the Atlanta Falcons, listed like the eighth running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's not going to be. He's going to be number two. He's going to be right behind Cordell Patterson. Maybe, you know, maybe he starts third and then works his way up, but he's not going to be eighth. He's not going to be cut. Um, another one I think is Damian Pierce, ranked like fourth. No, he's going to be first probably, if not second, behind Marlon Mack for like two weeks before Marlon Mack dies. So these preseason uh, depth charts are – that's what I have to say about that. You know, if you would just go on these preseason depth charts are – it would have been a lot quicker and, and still got your point across. I'm just saying. So, Craig, preseason depth charts. Jimmy Garoppolo, what do you think? Uh, it doesn't really make sense. I really don't understand what the 49ers – are doing especially I know Jimmy has had a lot of criticism but he's four and two in the playoffs and he did make it to a Super Bowl so I don't know what the 49ers are trying to do 
Um, and my gut feeling is he's going to wind up on the Giants. Sean, let, let me jump in. Let me yeah. hold on. Let me jump in before we move on. Yeah. So let's say Lance, you know, tears up his knee. He's going to be out for the year. What do they yep. do? That was my point. Well, I'm just, aren't they, aren't the 49ers doing the same thing Cleveland did with Baker Mayfield? Whatever you think of Baker as a quarterback, they said, no chance, no way. He's not, we're done with him. He's not playing for us anymore. Okay, great. They got Watson. What if Watson is suspended for five years or just a year or whatever? They could have had Baker. They didn't have to say or do anything that they did when they made all the comments that they did about him. And then they were stuck. They had to get rid of him. San Francisco doesn't have to say anything. They could call around and check with Seattle or the Giants or whoever and get whatever they can get. Maybe it won't be a lot, but they could do that. If they go around, you know, slinging the mud and saying everything, every chance they can against him, these other teams might say, you know what, we're set. Go ahead, release him. We'll pick him up then. I just feel like San Francisco is shooting themselves in the foot. I agree. Sean, what do you got for us tonight? Um, Roquan Smith has requested a trade from the Bears. Not happy because they're not paying him. Okay. I understand you want to get paid, but you know what? You're a good linebacker. Linebackers aren't premium positions, especially since he's not a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what? And he's, he's looking for like premium money here. What, what do you do as the, the general manager here of the Chicago Bears? Yeah, you know, we do want to keep you. You're a good player. You know, work with this here. What do you have to do? You know, is it, you're you're asking ridiculous money here. Where is the 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 fine line that between these players that they're demanding to be paid and and reasonableness of of what they're worth? That's it, it's an amazing question. Honestly, I don't know the answer because what is a valuable position in football seems to change every five minutes. Remember, remember, like five or six years ago, or even go back a decade, when the Legion of Boom was like dominating Seattle, and everybody was like, "You need to have a shutdown corner and a decent free safety." We don't hear anything about cornerbacks and free safeties getting paid anymore. Now that might just be because the current crop of them is not up to the same standard as what came during that time. But I don't blame players in a league where the average career is under three seasons wanting to get paid. But at the same time, I also think perspective is due. Um, I, I just, I, I, I think the big mistake is going to the media. When has this ever worked? Really quick, off the top of your head, I'll give you guys 10 seconds. Give me an example of one player who has done what Roquan Smith did today, gone to the media and gotten a deal. I'll go Darrell Revis. When he was with the Jets, he held out, whined and cried, and got a big deal. And he was gone a year later, and all of it was all his bonus money. He lost over 50% of that total deal's value. It, it, it Yes. Okay, so it worked out for Revis for a year because he got a signing bonus. Hey, it you know what the correct answer to your question is? <laughs> Everyone who signs with the Rams, and that's where he'll go. He's going to sign with the Rams because there is no salary cap for the Rams. And that's fair. That's no, it fair. isn't. 
Well, it's, it's not fair. fair. It's a fair answer is what I'm saying. But I'm just I, I, I am tired of players holding out simply on the basis of I'm underpaid. Get breaking news, everybody. Ninety percent of Americans think they're underpaid, no matter what industry they're in. And football is a brutal sport. There is no way the average football player is paid what he should he should be paid. Welcome to reality. That's all I got to say on that. Craig, what do you got? Oh, wait about about Sean's linebacker. Yes. Um, I, you know, I agree. I mean, I un- totally understand that these guys, you know, their career statistically is not going to be that long. Um, so yeah, they need to get whatever the most that they can get out of this whole experience, this like chapter of their life. I get it, but I agree. You can't just go blab to the media or on Twitter and say, I want money because teams don't like that. So you're already starting off on a bad, like a bad foot. Like you're not a, you're not a star quarterback. So it it doesn't matter. (laughs) Tyree Tyree Kill is a dolphin because this is the angle he took. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Stitch, so. I know you just tossed out the, your thoughts on Revis, but what do you have specific to the uh, the Bear linebacker? I don't even. I'm not even gonna say his name. Raekwon. I'll take him. He's a tackling machine. He had something like 168 tackles last year. Uh, I'd love to have him on my team. I think just about any team would love to have him. As far as far as what he wants, yes, mm-hmm. he wants big money. Can you blame him? Everybody wants big money. So he'll say he wants big money. He'll say he wants to be traded. And if the Bears decide that they can't... And let's also not forget, the Bears do not look like a playoff team. Well, players don't want to waste a year on a team that won't go to the playoffs. So he comes out and he says, trade me, hoping that Cincinnati, Kansas City... You know, Buffalo, a team like that will say, okay, we'll give you a second rounder for him. I just want to point out for our audience that whenever a person wants out of whatever city they're in, Cinch's initial reaction is always, I'll take him or I don't want him. <laughs> it's always about, well, that's true. It's always about, is he coming to New England or not? <laughs> so, fair uh, enough. Sean, answer your own him. question. Ah, what was that? <laughs> answer, answer my own question. That was Sean right. getting knocked off the couch by his dog. <laughs> my, his my wife. Dog. Okay. Um, I, I would love to keep him. He's a great middle linebacker. He can tackle, like like Cinch said. He's a, lots of tackles. Again, he's but you're not the premier position. You're not a left tackle. You're not a rusher, a pass rusher. You're not a, a, a wide receiver, a quarterback. You're not going to get paid like you think you are. By the Bears. Give them That's the key. Give them the the you know, give them the reason to to, to pay you. Go I out think there. he has. Yeah, I think he has at least one more two more years on this rookie deal. Play it out. Mm. Interesting. All right, who haven't we touched on? Did we get everybody with burning hot takes? Uh, I think we did. I believe we have. Great. This is the uh, first of our roundtable discussion in which I open it up to our contributors and say anything draft-related is on the table. I'm going to go first. Why? Because we got a viewer email that I found very interesting. We get a couple emails here or there. This one, I was just kind of like, huh. 
So this comes from Dr. Skinny. I'm going to read his uh, email in its entirety. Hey, guys, excited for another season and y'all's podcast as usual. Can y'all help me with strategy for my neighborhood league? It's a 12-team snake draft, non-PPR, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receiver, one tight end, one flex, a defense, and a kicker. I drew the 12th pick this year, which means I have 13-2. It's a snake draft. This league is always running back heavy due to the non-PPR status. What should I be looking for at 12 and 13? And please don't say go best available. I need legit advice. Do I look wide receiver and running back? Two wide receivers? Two running backs, even though that's going to be way down the list at number 12 and 13? Thanks. I sent this email to my contributors when I got it last week because I was like, this is a great topic. This is a guy who is looking for directive in a running back-centric league that's non-PPR. He needs to have an idea of what to do at 12 and 13, and he doesn't want to hear best available, which means, Craig, get your finger on the buzzer sound. If anybody <laughs> says best available, you get to push the button. I'm giving you permission on this. Nice. Who nice. wants to go first? Who wants to help Dr. Skinny, who's picking at the turn with his first-round picks? I'm ready. I'll do it. Cinch right. up. Okay, so got to figure by 12 in how this was described to us, figure six running backs are gone. Is that fair? At least six to eight, uh, I would say is fair. I would say more. Okay, yeah. so if that's the league as it's been described to us, that kind of leads into exactly what I was thinking about talking about tonight, and that's the zero running back theory. When, when you're going to be drafting 12th, you don't want to take the ninth best running back just because, hey, all the running backs are going to be gone. So if, if that were me, if I were there, if Kelsey is there, I would take him. Mm-hmm. Whoever you feel, Dr. Skinny, whoever you feel is the second best tight end, if you feel that's Waller, that's who I think it is. If you think that's Kittle, if you think that is Andrews, I think you take that tight end, whoever that might be, and I think you take the best possible receiver who is there. So you got to figure if, just to throw out a number, say nine running backs are taken. That means two probably receivers win. So that means you're going to get the third ranked receiver and probably the first or second tight end. So that's where I would go. So just to put context on what Cinch is saying right now, I'm looking at fantasy pros. Now, I guess I'll give my answer next. Fantasy pros, I'm looking at their their current ADP. They put 12 as DeAndre Swift, which is the eighth running back off the board. So in a running back heavy league, I think since is right, you're looking at eight or nine guys being off the board. But if eight or nine guys go off the board in the first round at running back, that means only three of the other top positions have gone. Let's presume that one of them is Travis Kelsey. Somebody wants to reach up and grab Kelsey in the first round. That means either Cup, Jefferson, or Jamar Chase has to be available. And if it's not, then that means that running back number eight, like a Joe Mixon or a DeAndre Swift, has to be there. So I really think, I know you don't want to hear best available, and I'm not going to say best available, but I'm going to say you need Uh. to see how this, exactly, you need to see how this plays out. If eight or nine running backs go, and only two running back, two wide receivers go, I'm honestly, I'm taking Jamar Chase and I'm taking Travis Kelsey and I'm laughing because first off, I got like 20 minutes to my next pick 
That's the moment you get up in the draft. You go, I'll take Jamar Chase and Travis Kelsey. You laugh like a mad professor and you go take a piss. Just leave them thinking. If that, so say Kelsey doesn't, say Kelsey goes. Say the top three wide receivers and Kelsey goes. Then that means the worst possible available on the board is DeAndre Swift and Devontae Adams. Again, another decent pick. So if the running backs go as heavy as you think, I think going double wide out or going wide out tight end, but here's the thing, because it's non-PPR, you've got to go yardage heavy. You've got to go with a guy named Kelsey because he's going to get a ton of yards and get a ton of tight outs, tight ends, uh, touchdowns. I'm only one beer in. <laughs> you have to go with those kinds of guys. Well, Nick Chubb is running back number nine. No, you can't touch Nick Chubb there. What you have to do is you have to sit there and go, in round three and four, my next turn, I'm going to pick two middle-of-the-pack running backs. And yes, that means you're probably looking at like a, a Zeke and a David Montgomery or a James Conner or uh, an Antonio Gibson. But those guys can still provide you decent value. And if you have really good wideouts or a good wideout tight end combo there, it can be really good. Sean, what do you got? Um, You pretty much said exactly what I had written to you, where... You did go if, if one of those stole his answer. I did accidentally. Uh, if one of those, um, sorry guys, can you hear me? Yeah. All right. If one of those three top uh, top wide receivers are there, that means you're gonna have one of those um, are not there. You're gonna have one of those uh, running backs that you were talking about. You're gonna have a Chubb, a Swift, a Mixon. Um, you'll have Kelsey. So that's where you kind of have to go with this. Uh, my ideal option would be to grab one of those running backs and then one of those top three wide receivers mm-hmm. or Kelsey. Um, so depending on what's there, it's, you know, not, not saying best available, but in this situation when you're, you don't know what's going to be picked in those first 11 picks, you know, having a choice of those top three wide receivers the top tight end, or one uh, one of those um, three, I think um, running backs that I mentioned, mm-hmm. is a great way to go. And again, Britt said, then on the way back, if you don't have those, um, you know, you choose a wide receiver, a tight end, you have those guys that are going to be there around 20, uh, 23, 24, 25. Okay. So, you know, Javante Williams, I know he's been going earlier lately, but, you know, stuff like, you know, uh, Leonard Fournette, those guys might be there at that turn. So that's where I'm going to go. So what we're hearing is not necessarily best best available, but best value. You have to look at the composition of the other teams. At this point, you're going to have to make a value pick. Is everybody going running back? Well, then I might have to look wide receiver tight end. You never know. Craig, way in here. Wow, what else is there to say? I think we summed it up pretty well. Uh, also, thank you for the question. Uh, but yeah. this is the way I look at it, because I've tried Zero RB in the past, and it has won me a league once. Uh, it is difficult. But, but, I've only been doing it for two seasons. Uh, but, like, if you, look at the, if you look at the running backs who people are going to take, I'm assuming this isn't a keeper league, so we're gonna see, assuming everyone's available. Right. If you look at the running backs who people are going to take, there, for me personally, there are giant question marks. Christian McCaffrey, no. 
made a paper mache now. He can't. He's not mm-hmm. going to. He hasn't finished the full season. They already said Najee Harris is going to have a reduced workload because they don't want to kill him. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook is already injured. He already hurt his hand, and they haven't said how bad it is yet. Um, Derrick Henry didn't finish. You know, he got hurt. Is he going to be as good? Don't know. You know, and there's, there's, you know, let's say, I'm just looking at the list here. Like, Alvin Kamara, he is definitely on the tail end of his career, um, especially with his off, you know, off-field stuff happening. Saquon Barkley, yes. Um, then you look at, like, you know, even go down to, like, Zeke. These are all people that I'm not going to draft. So I definitely agree with you're going to go with definitely go with whoever is. And again, don't want to say best available, but mm-hmm. if for some ungodly reason, Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase are sitting there, you, that's who you're going to draft. <laughs> and and that, I just want to jump in really quick and I, I want to move on because I want to hear from more from the other guys on other topics. But last year when we did the um, the Scott Fishbowl, we we got stuck with the one pick. And when I say stuck with the one pick, don't forget, that's a third round reversal. So you get the first pick, you get the 24th pick, but you don't get the 25th pick. It reverses again. So the first pick is typically one of the worst spots. We took Patrick Mahomes, and we immediately started talking about, all right, what running back, what wide receiver, blah, 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 blah. As that first round went on and no one touched Aaron Rodgers, because remember Aaron Rodgers was like, well, you know, I don't want to play. I don't pack or stick. Nobody touched him. Craig was the first one to say it. Somewhere around pick 11 or 12, he said in our, our chat thread, what if Aaron Rodgers gets back to us? And we were all like, he probably won't. All of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers gets back to us. And we took Mahomes Rodgers back to back in a super flex. So, yeah, best available is like the worst answer anybody gives in those kinds of situations. But understanding and feeling the flow of your draft that's what happened with us. Craig was the first one to say it. And then Sean saw it like halfway through. And Cinch was like, yeah, if it's there, you got to take it. And we were like, okay. And we had a lot of conversation, if you guys remember, over what we should do with that second pick because it was number 24 overall. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers is staring us in the face. And we're like, hello? <laughs> okay. <laughs> is, this, is this real life? Yeah. And in that, in we that made situation, the conference finals. Yeah. In that situation, it was... That the value of that pick, uh, and compared to what we were going to have once the 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 stuff the the draft came back to us, it was a no brainer to to go there. You know, and, and to, to, sh- to, to Sean's point, that's exactly how we made the final decision. Was I said to them, "Here's the best available at every position. What do we do?" And everyone said, "Go Aaron Rodgers." So again, feel the flow of your draft. Let the force flow through you, Doctor Skinny. You can do this. And I'll send him an email tomorrow with kind of a summary of all that before the episode releases. Who would like to toss out a topic to consider? I would like to, since my topic is zero running back theory. And we're kind of talking it. So if someone doesn't know, zero running back theory, basically you're not taking a running back until probably round six. That's my understanding of it, yeah. So why is this a good idea? Well, if you look at it, if you have, okay, let's start over. When you go into a draft, I don't think you go in with a strategy, period, that's it. I think you have to see how it goes and how it falls to you. If you should happen to be where it's time for your first round pick and 
the running backs that are available to you are guys you don't want to draft, guys like maybe Swift, and you're like, geez, I really I don't want I don't want a lion as my first pick. Guys like that fall to you, or Barkley is the guy that you're supposed to take, whoever it might be. That's a good reason to go with the the zero running back theory mm-hmm. and draft the best wide receiver. And then on the way back, maybe you take another good wide receiver. And then with your next pick, maybe you see that quarterback that you really want to get, even though maybe it's early, that's the guy you want. So now all of a sudden, without even thinking about it, you're falling into the zero running back theory. And then what you have to do come the fifth or the sixth round, you need to be looking ahead. You need to be targeting a guy that you think is going to have a good year at running back. Because you can't just say, <laughs> it's round 12, all right, I, I guess I'll draft my running back. So that is, I, I've always kind of been interested and a fan of the zero running back theory. And I want to hear what you guys think of it. So I, I'm going to just, re- I'm going to respond to that really quick because I want to hear more from the other guys. For me, so for folks who know I, 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 I talked about the Howard Moonstream at the beginning of this. I actually am the Howard Moonstream. I sponsored our, our podcast <laughs> no today, kidding. which is amazing because I handle, all the, I handle all the bills, so it's very easy for me to shift $5 from one account to another. <laughs> anyway, um, I play a game called Hearthstone, and Hearthstone is one of those kinds of strategy card games where you can walk in the door and go, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I've seen that win on the internet, and I'm going to win. And then three turns in, you are screwed. Because you didn't find the X, Y, and Z cards that you needed. So you have to be flexible. And I think that goes to what Cinch is saying here, too. That's the biggest part for me for zero RB. No one should walk into a draft saying, I'm going zero RB or I'm finishing 12th. You go in and you feel the flow of the draft, like we talked about with Dr. Skinny. And if the flow of the draft dictates zero RB, then you do it. You do not draft DeAndre Swift while Jamar Chase is still on the board. The end. You don't do it. In in, in a PPR, it's 100% no. And I will personally drive to wherever your draft is, walk in, introduce myself, and slap you if you do. (laughs) Just, you don't do it. For me, it's about being flexible. You have to, zero RB is something you do because that's what the draft flow necessitates. Craig, what do you think about yes. zero RB? Uh, I think it's it is a big change from traditional drafting, and it it takes a little bit to wrap your brain around because you can try it, and yeah, you'll draft you know two top wide receivers or top wide receiver and tight end the first two rounds, and then all of a sudden your brain, because of habit, is going to look down at your sheet and be like, "Huh, all these running backs are gone," and then you're going to freak out. And then you're totally going to lose track of what you were trying to do. So, yeah, you definitely have to kind of feel the feel the draft. But zero RB also needs a lot of patience um, mm-hmm. because you're looking at, you know, it, in zero RB, someone like Tony Pollard is very valuable. Yeah. To, to be running back. So, Sean, thoughts? Um, it depends. Thanks, no, it depends on a lot of things. Uh, believe it or not, zero RB theory has been around for over a decade, over a decade. And if multiple people are, the the point of zero RB was to be contrarian. Multiple people are doing it in your league. 
guess what? You're not being contrarian anymore. So it's not going to work in that situation. Also know what your what your um, league's points and systems and rosters are. In a league that has um, only two starting wide receivers, in a league that only has four points for touchdowns for wide receivers, mm-hmm. zero RBs it might not work there. Um, I, I got to interrupt you really quick because I have bingo. When you said contrarian, I had draft card bingo. I have a line going across the middle with contrarian, zero RB, best available, (laughs) the free space, and draft flow. So I have bingo. (laughs) I have have term bingo. All right. I'll give myself a prize. Go on. So you have to be careful with it. Yes, which goes back to see how the draft flow is. If you notice that everyone's going RB heavy, and obviously, guess what? If I go contrarian here with, hey, I'm picking up Jamar Chase and, and, and Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup in my first two picks because I'm at the end and everyone did running back, you're doing good there. Um, does it lead to zero RB? Maybe. doesn't have to be. Don't force it. But uh, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan of zero um rb theories but but obviously it does work because people have done it so i've never had success with zero rb hey let me jump well, in for a second my Go problem with, with that is that you're banking on some kind of injury for somebody else and i don't like that that's a terrible place to are you i never thought of it that way pretty much if you're picking tony pollard you're pretty much hoping Zeke Elliott goes down. Okay, okay, let's not use that as an example because Zeke's career in Dallas is going to be over after this year. So, And Zeke doesn't <laughs> have to go down for ton- Tony Pollard to get value. because Especially in PPR. Especially in PPR. That was an example because of what, uh, you know, it was an example. But, but there's definitely other situations where if you're picking a, 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 another running back, you're kind of hoping that the other running back in that system goes down. Okay, Sinch wanted to jump in. What do you got first, Sinch? I just really enjoyed the way Sean said Cooper Cup's name. Did anybody catch that? I did. Sean, do no. it again. Cooper Cup? I don't know. The, the last time you said it, you said, like, Cooper Cup? It was, it was amusing. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thank you. No problem. Tomorrow when I proof this episode, I'm going to be listening for it. It's <laughs> around the 45-minute mark. I'm going to have my hand against my headphones looking intent. <laughs> so, Okay. So thank you, Sid. That, that Zero RB is an excellent conversation. We have time for one more quick topic. Sean, do you have a topic for tonight? Um, well, I was going to talk more uh, a strategy as well, where um, one of my theories is more of a, um, not so much a zero RB, but get one of the top 10, 12, are uh, running backs, and then you can wait on the second running back. So a standard balance approach. No, it's not a completely standard balance because you can wait a long time for that second RB uh, and and fill up your other roster spots with with depth and, and value there. So but one it, RB theory. Kind of. Yes. All right. Punt so... Or punt RB2 theory, yeah. Punt RB2, yeah, that's, I've heard that. Oh, my God, I've got an L. 
I've got an L shape on my bingo card. Punt RB2 was, that's, that's, that's L. <laughs> I've got bingo. I only need like four for, for a full card at this point. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> so this is, so how, when you, so bef- just to kind of clarify for those who, those who are listening. So this is where you take an RB and maybe a wide receiver, tight end or quarterback early and you punt that second right running back spot because so many leagues have it to later in the draft. How late are you looking when you say this? When you say punt RB2, I'm thinking like round six, seven? I, you could go even eight, nine, I think. So let's put if, that if to the group. Taking, if you're taking that, that number one uh, top 10 running back and then going, you know, Couple wide, res- like three wide receivers, uh, top or t- uh, top tier tight end, uh, higher end quarterback. I mean, you're looking at least seven there. So, Cinch, how do you feel about a, a, a draft build? And again, we understand this is all have to do with draft flow. But how do you feel about a draft build where one of your first two picks is running back, but then you wait six rounds to get the other guy? Well, it, it's funny. I wanna. I want to dominate. I don't want to win. I don't want to roll the dice. So if I get one of the top three or four running backs, if I can with my next pick, I want to take the the best guy or the guy I like the most at running back that's there. So I could go with two of the best ones. Now, if I'm in position maybe like seventh or eighth drafting and I get a running back, uh, let's say Mixon, I get Joe Mixon. Mixon could be one of those guys that dominates, but it's more likely that he's a good, solid, very good running back. Mm-hmm. Someone like that, I could see the one running back approach where you let it go, you roll the dice, mm-hmm. and maybe you pick up someone in round eight or nine or seven. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I get someone really good, I want to double up on it right away. If I get someone in the seven to 10 range as my number one white uh, running back. It's easy to say, look, the next guy won't be as good as whatever running, uh, whatever receiver that I draft there. So yes, something like that. Yeah. I could see doing that holding off for a while. Craig, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I think it goes with our whole theme of our show this week is draft flow. Uh, so holding, it can hold off, especially if you're, because here's the weird thing about drafts, like there's always going to be someone or two people that draft someone early just because they want them and it's going to throw everyone off. Oh my God. Who was it last year? <laughs> it, no, Craig, Craig, Sean, and Clyde I were Edwards our... Hilaire. No, 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 no. That was like two years ago. That was where I threw a chair. That was me. <laughs> that was where I threw a chair after Sean spent like three episodes I going to Clyde Edward Hilaire in the first round is an absolute absurdity. It was like the fifth overall pick. I literally <laughs> threw a chair. I'm like, and what I, is wrong with you? No, last I, year, who was and it I last year? It all season. Yes, you should have. It, that, that's karma. Last year, we were at the live draft, and Craig and I were talking about somebody. I'm draw. I'm, I'm having trouble. Was it Nick Chubb? Uh, maybe. Maybe. No, he was a keeper. Was he? Mm. Yeah, it was somebody it was far maybe, down the list. Maybe it was me with Javante Williams. No, because Mario was the guy who took him. Mario was the guy in our league. By the way, hi Mario. Um, but we were looking at a guy, and we were like, "This guy's gonna drop. This guy's gonna drop. This guy's gonna drop." 
And we were like ninth, maybe 10th round is when he's going to go. And then in the seventh round, while no one was looking, this Mario got up and took him. And Sean, Craig, and I all looked at each other across <laughs> a crowded room. And then I voiced it. I went, too early. <laughs> and Mario mutters like, ah, oh, yours. that's why I win, man. By the way, I won the Super Bowl that year, but that's beside the point. Yes, he did. We don't have to relive that. Right. So, but I mean, it's just like, that, that happens. That absolutely happens where you're sitting there going, there's no way this guy goes before round nine. And the guy across from you goes, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Anybody took him for round nine, and then it's round six, and he's gone. It happens. Exactly. So. Oh, God. I so, can't, yeah. I, it was definitely a running back, and I can't remember who it was. It's driving me nuts. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to look. We'll look it up. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I guess that that diverted there. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Whose response is it? Um, is it yes, I think. <laughs> I am not. I I am a big fan of zero. I'm a big fan of the one RB theory. Why? Because I won a championship last year in this exact same league with the one RB theory. And you ready for the best part? That one RB died in week three. That's right, folks. My number one draft pick was Christian McCaffrey. And with him in my back pocket, I went, screw this. I'm drafting Devontae Adams, a bunch of other people. I can't remember. I think I had really three really good. I think I had Hill, Adams, and another. I think I went, I think I went with running back and then three I, wideouts. I had Hill last year. That's right. I threw something at you for that, too. Oh, no, as Kelsey. I got Kelsey. I got Kelsey, Adams, and then somebody else in the wide receiver rank that I'm just drawing a blank on. Oh, Cooper Cup. Because I traded him to Craig later because I was like, he's peaked. And that was a mistake. Like week four, I was like, Cooper Cup, you can have him. He's peaked. Um, but but yes, I do believe, it, I, I agree with Cinch. If you get the one guy you think is going to carry you, if you get Jonathan Taylor on your team and you feel comfortable pursuing other positions, particularly in the PPR, absolutely do it. Oh, uh, do oh. it. Really quick, really quick, because I know we're short on time, oh. but I just found our draft board, so I'll, I'll read you Britt's draft picks. Can I, can I give you one thing yeah. before that? Yeah, okay. The caveat yeah. that is we are a keeper league, so if he kept a very good running back in, like, the 12th, 13th round, you had you might have had a number one running back that wasn't counted in the first couple rounds because you kept him in the 12th. So let me so throw, what, let me, let me throw water on that. Let me throw water on that right now. My pick, My keeper was DK Metcalf. Uh, never mind that. So that's. I just want to spare you the embarrassment <laughs> of giving us a really good explanation and then hearing that DK Metcalf was my keeper. All right, you got my. Who did I pick? Okay, here we go. Just, I'm just going down the list, and we remember McCaffrey. Metcalf was your. Yep. So McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, yep. David Montgomery, Cooper. Oh, I Cup, did go running back too. Cooper, okay. Cooper Cup, Kyler Murray, Chase oh, Edmonds, Michael. Oh, I forgot about him. Michael Carter, the Jet. Oh, I thought he was going to be better. Debo Samuel. He's good. <laughs> Sonny Michelle. <laughs> that was a bad pick. Robert Tanyan. Uh, uh, he's dead. Nicole Hardman. Also dead. Joe Burrow. Not dead. <laughs> uh, then we got uh, Metcalf as your keeper. Uh, Devontae Parker. Chris, Why? Chris Herndon. Uh, you had like four beers by this yeah. point. Right, I was going to say, was I drunk? Chris Herndon. <laughs> uh, then he went the Miami Dolphins, Jason Myers, Hunter Henry. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Kirk Cousins. I defense? You, no, you did. Um, Kurt, Wait, now, you're, you're literally evaporating what little credit, credibility <laughs> I have. You, you can totally get away with holding off on running back number two. I took three in the first six rounds, but you don't have to. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Final <laughs> thoughts. No, 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 no more. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Take pictures of your draft board. <laughs> final thoughts. Flexibility. That's the final thought. When you're drafting, you just got to go with it. And don't go in there saying, no matter what, I'm going to have this guy because it won't work out. So just be flexible. The other thing is don't, don't outsmart yourself. Don't take two quarterbacks in the first five rounds and think I'll trade this other guy because everybody sees you doing that. And everyone says, I'm not giving him anything for that guy. Oh, I absolutely took Joe Burrow in that draft to trade him to Craig. That was part of the package (laughs) for Cooper cup. I remember I was part of the package for Cooper cup. That's true. Sean, final thoughts. Uh, my final thoughts is prepare for your draft. Obviously know what your scoring system is, what your rosters are. But, you know, plan. Do I, I, I know you have to be flexible, but do plan out. If you know where you're drafting, what you're going to be looking at and what rounds based on ADP. Obviously don't draft by just ADP because that's wrong. Just because the guy is there doesn't mean that he's the guy that you should take. Make your own list. Use ADP to see, hey, this guy's going further, you know, further down than what I have this guy ranked. So I can maybe wait another round for this guy. Things like that. Don't draft just off of ADP, but definitely plan out your draft. Be flexible, though, and um, have fun with it. Before Craig gets his final thought, I just want to point out I am literally one spot away from full card bingo because in the last five minutes we've had dominate, keeper league, and ADP. <laughs> I only have one spot on my bingo card, Craig. Go for it. Try to not give me bingo um, here. Uh, well, first, hi, Deb, if she still listens to this. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I mean, you know what? Again, I, we say this every year, and it, it sounds redundant, I know, but just let the draft come to you. Don't, like, over, like Sean said, don't overthink it. Um, just kind of just kind of let it happen. And then, like I said before, uh, take a picture of your draft board when you're done, just in case. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Didn't get my bingo <laughs> card. My, my bingo card was, my last spot was hard. It was super flex with a kicker. So... Super flex kicker, so uh, that's okay. That's that's fine. That's that's a, a little known thing. So uh, for me, my final thought is just: you heard my draft board from last year, right? That draft board won a championship. The draft is not the end all be all of your season. Trades and waiver wires dictate champions. Listen to me very carefully when I say this. My very first championship about 10, 15 years ago, because we've been doing this forever. My first championship, I picked up Tom Brady off of waivers the week before the Super Bowl and started him to win my championship. It happens. The draft is important. It sets the tone for your team, but it does not define your team. Prepare for the draft. Enjoy the draft, like Craig, uh, Sean said, but do not think that once the draft is over, You've just won a championship because the only time that happens is what we call best ball. Yeah. There's I your wanna... bingo. What's that? There's your full car bingo. Best ball. I, no, best ball wasn't my last spot. So I'll give you right. one other thing with that, with that last um, oh. waiver wire thing. Oh. I won a championship one year when I had to pick up Mark Sanchez as my starting QB for the oh championship week. Oh, Okay. 
because someone invoked Mark Sanchez, which I think would have given somebody bingo, but it didn't apparently. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. I want to say um, one of the ways you can avoid being a butt fumble in life is by leaving us a review. <laughs> Wherever you go and find this podcast, leave us a review. It's a huge help. Dr. Skinny, you know why his question got read on air today? Because he left us a review on Apple. I know that for a fact. I thought it was because we have a friend who, Sean and I know, whose uh, nickname is Skinny Larry. So when I saw Dr. Skinny, I thought that was him. Oh. And it's not. It's a different <laughs> dude. <laughs> nice, nice. So that's fantastic. So leave us a review. If you listen to us anywhere, any, whatever podcast directory you find us on, leave us a review. Um, also reach out to us. If you leave us a review, we're more likely to read your question on air. And you can submit your question through Twitter by writing to us at FignutsDFS on Twitter or by writing to the FignutsDF... No, I'm sorry, not the FignutsDFS. By writing to FignutsDFS at gmail.com or you can even leave us a message on the Football Fignuts podcast page on Facebook. Again, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Guys, listen, this is week five of our draft preview. we got one more week. Crazy. Next week, I want you all bringing up, we did great draft work tonight. Next week, I want to talk about ADP and preparing for the draft based on ADP and where oh, we should not That's run. the Sean episode. <laughs> yeah, Sean just alluded to it. We talked a lot about strategy tonight. Bring your bring your specific draft strategy ideas. I think we covered a lot of them tonight, but in general, and be prepared to talk about ADP next week because next week is the last roundtable of the year, and I have it on somewhat secret authority that there might be some pumpkin beer involved in next week's episode. Oh no! Just <laughs> too <laughs> early. It's never too early for pumpkin beer. Thank you to Sean and Cinch. Thank you to Craig. Uh, we will be back next week for our final roundtable of the preseason. Until then, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. <laughs>